You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. You are such a geek. Geek. What is a geek? And we are recording. We did it. We did it. I'm Matt Oren, and this is episode 200 of Broadcast Geeks. We did it. We did it. With me is... We did it. Jeff Albright. I made it for number 200. I'm very excited. Jeff Albright. Hey, and it's me, Midnight Mitch Jones. Happy 200, boyos. Yeah. Hey, we did it. Now, it's it's 200 on record. However, Mitch, as you will remind us. It is technically number 201. We had a small retcon. You know, comic books those, like, little pocket universes. And yeah, yeah. They're no different. We had that... Um, we had one of our high planes was a number 20 and number 20.5. And then we also had a time capsule episode that was meant to be one of our movie reviews back when movies were legal. Yes. And we went and saw Shazam and then recorded an episode about it. And then we just didn't release the episode for a long time. So it is our one and so far only time capsule episode. Yeah. It's almost like a, we should almost call them free comic book day episodes. You know what I mean? You, you get the free comic book day you know and it's like a 0.5 or something like that so it counts but it doesn't really count right yeah it doesn't affect the main canon overall no not at all right well i mean a lot's happened i mean it's it kind of sucks because we used to do this weekly and it would be awesome to get together with you boys and and talk and we'd have our guests and we'd all be in the same place but it's a very different world these days um we're getting close we're getting close we're getting close i mean we're we're almost there but like right now it just it bums me out that we're not as uh frequent as we used to be so yeah that's fair i think well i'll not in our not in our defense and I hate to run, but it's hard to do on this platform. But uh, there, the lack of, of stuff to talk about, too, is also a contributing factor in why we haven't been recording as much. It's You know what I mean? If they were just pumping out shows left and right and Disney Plus had Black Widow was streaming and this was streaming and, there, you know, we'd be talking about it probably weekly. Um, yeah. If, you know, the Snyder Cut was already out or all these things that we've been kind of waiting for for so long uh, had already come out, uh, I think we'd be chatting a little more. But it's like how many, you know, how many uh, Night Killer documentaries can we watch and then talk about? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like there's actually a lot to talk about. I Um, think you're right. There is. And we we just, you know, it's it's hard because even though we're all stuck at home, if we're not at work, we're still we like 
life's still moving. We still have things that are getting done or need to get done. And then we still have to deal with our, all our emotional shit. So, you know, it's been hard, but I think 2021 should be a better year. I think it needs to be the year of the podcast, the year of the geek. Well, I think we've, I think we've lost and gained a lot of teammates through the years, but I think the teammate that we've lost the most and that contributed to the most of this show uh, has, has to be the old big board. Uh, The big board was like our little guide, you know, he's kind of our light point of light point of reflection where we would just look to. And uh, I think the lack of big board has been that has been the thing that's hurt us the most. That's, that's fair. We could, what we could do is we could take a a sticky note and write something and then just pick a screenshot of it. And it looks like it's a big board and we could post it with our episode. I'll just put it on the front of my glasses as we, when we do the zoom show, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'll write it on the backside under the sticky part and just put it right up there. That'd be a good idea, actually. It's almost like comedy notes. We'll just write them on our hand. I kept a lot of the big words for the longest time, and I had a nice little collection of them. But, Matt, like you were saying, with all this, like, COVID uh, psychosis or whatever, like, isolation, sickness, carbonation, whatever it is, I shredded them and burned them. Oh, really? I shredded them and burned them because they weren't, like, I was was like, what am I going to do with these? Wallpaper my house? What am I going to fucking do with these? Nobody wants them. (laughs) I mean, you just just put them all over your wall and then you get a really good tinder date she comes home and it looks like you're literally trying to solve a murder and these are all the handwritten notes of the guy (laughs) or you or no not even that you become the vigilante that you've always wanted to be and this is like you're like oh that's great yeah man and i got brett hiker's signature is he the murderer (laughs) (laughs) he's definitely the j jonah jameson of the story there's the cat oh dude but anyway, number 200 it's been fun can we should we like reminisce a little bit about the podcast maybe sure. well i just i, I remember it's about because it is the world has changed so much and it is a very there's like a hard line through the new world and the old world you know it feel really feels like that I, I i've never really read the bible so i really don't understand the difference of the timelines you know what i mean the the old testament the new testament this and that um but that's what it feels like what we're living in right now but my favorite memories were just El Torito Sunday afternoons, you know, Chicharrones, us sitting there in the circle. Yeah. yeah and, and to go back, the love of the WB, that's what it was. I fell in love with that stupid show, Arrow. And I remember during comedy shows when I should have been paying attention to the show, I would just go to the bar and sit there and talk to Matt about how good Arrow was. You know what I mean? Because that was like the time you could talk to Matt when the show was going on. It wasn't, <laughs> as, it wasn't as crazy. So I would just sit there and chat about Arrow. We talked about it. And I said to Matt, I was like, you need to have a podcast about your love of this show. And not the show, but the, the whole, and then it became a we thing, which was really great. Yeah, Two, was 200 episodes. And I know we've done 200 episodes, but how many years ago was this? Do you guys know that uh, trivia question, I guess? I think it's been since 2015. I want to agree with that. <laughs> uh, that's kind really of production rate for... <laughs> took us five years to get to 200 episodes i mean for a while there we were doing seasons we would have 52 episodes in the season and then we got too late uh i mean for all good reason because it was really hard to get 52 episodes a year with with the holidays and everything kind of fucked everything yeah absolutely that's true. There I mean, were some there were some months that there we were cramming. We were doing four shows a month for sure. I mean, I remember going every every Sunday, El Chorito, Bottomless Mimosas, Chicharrones, mm-hmm. uh, a little NBA jam, and then do the podcast. 
fucking love we had and we had so many great guests that are always would be in town you know what i mean jackie cation um, i mean just like oh my god it was fun say that again mitch what's that say what you just said i thought you said something ron funches uh, so oh yeah Jack, by the way uh first episode was uploaded november 30th 2015 i don't know if that's when it was probably recorded wow. not too long uh before that yeah so it's been a crazy six years boys um, wow that's, that's crazy yeah. so basically we did we paced our episode count basically as as i earned credits in college you so know what it's, i mean it's, it's arbitrary like, we, but we chose an arbitrary number 200 <laughs> you know like what's the significance of 200 i um, don't even know it's 200 it's a large fucking number it's a good number well what are we mitch what are we going to talk about first you have a list of things you yeah, want to get got the, mitch's got the big board. he's got the new big board technically i have one thing in particular but it, i gotta lead in with because last time we talked was just after the penultimate episode of the mandalorian season two which saw everyone gearing up to go save little baby grogu from grand moff gideon and they were uh you know they were mounting everything up it was the bill burr episode where he was just like ah fuck i hate the, the fucking empire and uh awesome episode yeah it was a great, great episode but that was the last one the most newest one and there's so much to talk about because uh as most people have already seen it i mean it's been a month uh man that last episode totally so, we, so we have not talked luke skywalker mandalorian we have yeah. not we wow. have not uh, siege on Grand Moff Gideon's cruiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everything leading up to that, like it's stuff that we've never seen in Star Wars before, like disabling a ship and boarding it. Yeah. That whole thing uh, with Boba Fett, Slave One, uh, just you know, boarding the ship, uh, basically shanghaiing a ship and yeah. taking over. Then they staged that little, you know, with the shuttle Tidarium that they needed to land, do like an emergency landing. We've never seen like an emergency landing type situation inside a larger star cruiser um badass women fight yes the whole the whole team was it uh cara dune uh kafka reeves bo-katan Kreese, however you say her last name and uh krennic no not krennic is it fennec yes fennec i don't know yes fennec uh ming well, i have to bring in one thing when you mentioned the crash scene i do it's the first thing that came to mind no is when um young anakin in episode one crashed the naboo cruiser through the trade federation ship you know what i mean and then blue pod racing no no not the pod race when he had the naboo cruiser and doesn't he say now this is what i call pod racing when he crashes the oh yeah yeah that's what he says yes i'm sorry yeah But he crashes through and then wrecks and then shoots. I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, there's a couple of scenes where they, but it's all uh, episode early stuff. That's true. I forgot okay. about, I also forgot about when him and Obi-Wan crashed their Yeah, him and Obi-Wan do it later. Yeah, with their ships. Episode three yeah. at the very beginning. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I mean, there's precedent that, I guess. But uh, yeah, they uh, they really just went for it in the, in the finale there. And then, so everyone seen it right uh, yes the, the mandalorian yeah yes yeah i mean was there ever any doubt that it wasn't luke coming in at the end there when it was just like what a single you know cara dune's like oh a single x-wing we're saved like all sarcastic and it's just like, no that the x-wing that's motherfucking red five 
<laughs> right. So here, here's something very strange because you brought it up. Um, it's Windu would have been cool. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Well, um, uh, Bo-Katan, played by Katie Sockoff, right? She mm-hmm. said recently that she did not know that it was Luke until she watched it live. But she did admit that she was in the room, in the scene on set, where he comes in. She said, we saw a person in a black robe with a green lightsaber. You know what I mean? And she might even said a metal hand, but she said in the moment of shooting the, the scene, her mind never went to Luke. And I think she did say that she saw, they did let her know that he arrives, like in the script it says, arrives on an X-Wing. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. And she said she didn't even think about it until she watched. And that, that, well, that kind of blew my mind because Mitch said as soon as we saw it, we knew who it was. I mean, we, mm-hmm. as soon as I saw it, I knew who it was. Absolutely. Um, but she's in the scene and it's supposedly, I mean, I shouldn't even say supposedly because she wasn't just cast as, you know, Bo-Katan for The Mandalorian. She's been Bo-Katan on the cartoons for a very long time. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. She's the reason it it's drawn like that. She was cast for the reason and uh on the on the and i started to ramble on but on the uh um disney plus has the season two of uh, whatever the behind the scenes show is about the mandalorian and it's only one episode it's it's season two packed into one episode Mm -hmm. um, instead of being stretched out but she says on there when she first got the job to be bo-katan on the clone wars Mm -hmm. and rebels David Filoni kept saying to her, this is going to be live action one day. This is going to be live action one day. And she was just like, whatever, dude, you're, you know, ha ha ha, very funny. Mm-hmm. You're being charming. You know what I mean? And then when she said to Mandalorian, she's like, I can't believe this dude, you know, knew this the entire time that this was going to come to fruition and I would be her. Uh, yeah. Anyway, to, to, to move on. But yeah, I thought I that mean, was pretty a, cool. It's a real Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Just like you, you did it. Crazy son of a bitch. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for um Asuka Tano's voice actor uh Ashley Eckstein she didn't get to come over and be the live action Ahsoka but uh I don't know I don't think there's any ill will between her and Rosario Dawson as far as I'm aware of but no it doesn't sound like it I, and I don't know Mitch you definitely know you know kind of the history or I'm not the history but like voice actors and and what they're in and what they're not in but does Ashley Eckstein uh Stein, does she act outside of voice acting? Like physically, is she in production of things? I don't know. I think so, but I know for sure that she was the voice of Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. Of- she is the only voice of Ahsoka, pretty yeah, much. Which she reprised in uh, the end scene uh, in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Rosario is the first person ever to be Ahsoka besides her. Right, exactly. Mm. And I mean, but yeah, those uh, first off, I was going to ask uh, because right off the bat, Din Djarin has a lot of trouble. Like they almost get to the point where they jet all of the dark troopers. But uh, there's that one that gets through and uh, it's got some real like T-1000 coming through the elevator doors and T-2 type vibes where it just like puts its hand through and comes back in to fight him, you know? You know? Yeah, but luckily he, you know, it was it was a super big battle to kind of like 
kill that one dark trooper with the the uh what is it the the beskar spear yeah um quick side note um no you know what i'm gonna save that quick side note but uh <laughs> so they get to the like the the engine room or whatever and they capture gideon he tries to eat his electro suicide tooth Ooh. and then they you know they care doom punches him out to do that but then the rest of the dark troopers come and it looks like everyone's gonna fucking die because these things, like Gideon says, you had your hands full with one of them. How are you going to uh, deal with a whole platoon? Which I'm not I'm not too familiar with military jargon, but is a platoon like 20 to 50? What are we talking here? Right, I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe 30 to 50. Yeah, uh, I could look it up. Rather than 100, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's a it lot. would be smart. Yeah, but then you huh. get that man. You just get that. I mean, you see him come fucking things up on that security camera, and mm-hmm. you, yeah, you just know that it's Luke. I mean, so Mitch, it's twenty to fifty soldiers commanded and commanded by a lieutenant. That makes up three or four squads. Make up a platoon. Okay, you were right. Twenty to fifty. So they and Luke, out- Luke just cuts through them like butter, man. Just like butter. Right. Well, I mean, you would think with uh, one of those lightsabers that they would. I mean, they're dead. Definitely not made out of Beskar. Right. No. But even just crushes them with his bare hand. Right. You know what I mean? Just like completely just moves them around like pawns in a chess game. Like it was a training mechanism, you know, exercise for him. Is that Luke and his full power? I don't know. I mean, so we're talking five years after Jedi, that would be technically maybe close to six years after Return of the Jedi. I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, but he has, I mean, okay, so he has no training though, right? No one's I mean, training him. You can make the argument that he gets additional training from force ghost from luke i'm sorry from yoda and obi and qui-gon yeah yeah dude that would be a funny ass cartoon the three of them sitting there like american idol judges as he trains yeah i mean he even get additional training from anakin we don't know sure man because he's the force ghost and he turned back to old anakin then young anakin i guess special edition anakin um but yeah i mean that'd be pretty cool actually to see uh anakin as a force ghost helping to complete luke's training and i don't know i don't know if the marvel comics have covered it there could be a lot of it could be coupled in uh uh, marvel comics that are canon you know what i mean right now yeah well i mean who knows but at least you know he's at least strong enough to fuck up an entire platoon completely just completely destroy them that scene it's you know i know it's been made countless times over by several different more timely internet videos but that scene just mirrors that vader and rogue one hallway scene where Vader's killing all those rebels it's basically the right. same but with Luke it's so oh, yeah. good too when it's laid over each other it looks so cool oh man sins of the father kind of thing so do we have a prediction so, uh, about Grogu like where does what happens to, to Grogu well I mean that leads me into my my big question that I took all these notes for yes nice um, well first off here's the the side note I was going to ask uh, because I've been I, uh, I recently did a watch through of all the sequel trilogy which uh, uh, I don't know if it's controversial, but I fucking like those movies. All three back to back to back, pretty good. I mean, which I'm sorry again, Mitch. Did you say pre or sequels? Like seven, 
789? 789. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm personally, I think Last Jedi is the most well made one of them. And my personal favorite over, I think it might, it would go 879. I had a lot of fun with nine when we saw it in theaters, but there's a lot of glaringly obvious issues with that movie. Right. <laughs> See, I absolutely love The Force Awakens. I can watch that one over and over again. And after that, I just, those two become a weird blur. Right. Now, that leads, because I did a, a watch through of them. And while that entire trilogy has major glaring issues with its character structure and story and stuff, my one big question is, does Captain Phasma have the best guards here? Because Ooh, in the Awakens, she fights Finn and has what looks to be Din Djarin's Spetskar spear. I have a Captain Phasma figure in my hand because I'm in my toy basement. Nice. <laughs> and you're right, she does have a sphere at the beginning. Um, one thing I remember about Captain Phasma when she came out, she dropped her sphere, um, is that her uniform and her sphere are both made out of possibly uh, the same metal that, uh, what's her name, uh, Padma's ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what, what do they call? He even says it. Uh, ah, Wadu calls it. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember what he calls it. Um, when when they're looking for parts for it, um, Nubian. That's what it is. Her ship is made out of Nubian metal. Oh yes, uh, her, her, you're right. Her, supposedly made out of the, what the same material of what that hull of that ship is made out of. Yeah, and Phasma. If you, if you noticed, you you just said you rewatched the trilogy. She has a couple different versions of that ship, and they're all just like super silver. You know what I mean? Like pristine silver from head to toe. And I believe that's called Nubian. And uh, yeah, Phasma's uniform and her staff are supposedly made of a broken down hull of one of those ships right. from from when the Empire overtook um, whatever planet she's from. Okay, so it's not it's not the best car. No, it wouldn't be best car. Huh? It's pretty tough stuff, though. Do you think that they could wreck on it to be that Din Djarin loses his spear to Captain Phasma? Well, yeah, maybe because she's still alive. Obviously, you know, I mean, she doesn't die until the Last Jedi so definitely man well and i don't know if they say your spear is it's more her her um costume like her why she's a silver stormtrooper is because it's made out of that so she gets to bring her own armor in maybe she took down like uh like some sort of badass ship and they were like made it for her, you know what i mean yeah i'm looking for her spear now okay that was just one of the things i when i was re-watching the sequel trilogy that was one of the questions i i wanted to ask about because i was like i don't know maybe jeff knows but uh then i watched this video after i watched the sequel trilogy you know youtube google's always spying on you had a suggested video and i don't know if i agree with the interesting talking point uh in relation to the mandalorian season two finale the question posed by this video is do you think that the star wars sequel trilogy as we have already received it is an alternate reality now, here's what they lay out in this video, that Mando season two finale alters the timeline. Because in the sequel trilogy, they say that Luke doesn't take a Padawan until he takes Ben Solo on his 10th birthday. But in season two, we see that Luke starts to train Grogu six years before he would train Ben Solo. All right. Can I interject right now? Sure, go ahead. So um, Ahsoka Tano, her master is Anakin, right? Right. But her founder, the person who finds her and brings her to the Jedi Temple is uh, Plo Koon or Plo, I think they say it, Plo Koon and in several different movies they say, oh, Yoda, I was taught by Master Yoda, because Yoda would just like 
teach classes to the Padawans, like we saw in episode two. So you can be taught by a lot of different Jedis, but then not be your Padawan, like your master master. So you can learn, you can learn from a lot of different Jedis. All through the Clone Wars, Anakin will say like, well, where'd you learn that? Um, Ahsoka, she's like, well, Master Blow Coon taught me, um, even though he wasn't her Jedi master or whatever the name is. Right. Well, it's funny that you bring up Ahsoka Tano because that's another part of this theory is that uh, Ahsoka Tano, as you may have remembered, that when she was killed by Darth Vader and there's an episode where Ezra Bridger enters the world between worlds and he saves Ahsoka from being killed by Darth Vader. Now, if Vader kills Ahsoka, then the sequel trilogy just happens as they naturally do. But, you know, some evidence of this is that every Jedi that talks to Rey in the past Skywalker is dead, including Ahsoka. So that's kind of more evidence that this the sequel trilogy is an alternate reality. But when Ezra saves Ahsoka, Ahsoka is then there to send Din Djarin to Tython so that, and then if she doesn't do that, Grogu never would have reached out through the fort and Mando's crew would have died attempting to save Grogu. So if this uh. rescue fails, Gideon gets Grogu's blood in order to create Snoke. And if Grogu is being constantly experimented on Luke doesn't take him as a Padawan and then takes Ben Solo on as his first Padawan. And then we know that uh, Snoke corrupts Ben to the dark side and Luke goes into exile. I mean, it makes sense that they're going to do the multiverse is for, you know, lack of a better term because Star Wars hasn't really done it yet. But I mean, DC's definitely doing it. You know, Marvel is without a doubt going in that direction. Um, It it opens up the window to bring in whatever you want. Old video games, old comic books, freaking and Stephen Zahn novels, you know what I mean? Or Timothy Zahn, I'm sorry, not Stephen Zahn, but Timothy Zahn. Steve Zahn. He's a funny guy. No, no. I thought it was, it was Stephen King and Timothy Zahn's like son. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they can do whatever they want then. Now, sure. I don't necessarily agree with this reality, but it's or this uh, this theory here, but it's definitely I don't want it. I definitely don't want it. I love the linear timeline that is Star Wars. Uh, I do not want time travel in Star Wars. They've had it a little bit, haven't they? A tiny? Uh, I hope not, but I can't remember, but I just do not want time travel to be a part of Star Wars. Well, they're saying that it happened because this is all Dave Filoni. Ezra Bridger saving Ahsoka Tano changes his timeline. Well, yeah, they disappear and he's trying to find Grand Admiral Thrawn and him and Thrawn disappear in the timeline and um, Ahsoka and the other, she's a Mandalorian, what's her name? I can't remember. Everybody expected her to be in this movie. They expected the wrestler uh, from WWE to be playing her that was in the Mandalorian. I'm sorry. Uh Yeah, they thought she's going to be, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but her and Ahsoka go off into like time, I guess, to try to find Ezra and Thrawn. So Ahsoka obviously makes it back because we see her in the Mandalorian. So there is a huge story that's going to come out of what happens in between. And I guess there will be some time traveling involved in that. So, I mean, they're saying, I mean, this theory says that the timeline diverges. There's one, there's one timeline where Ahsoka is killed by Darth Vader that leads to Luke being in exile and then the, the sequel trilogy happens as is with Rey being a Palpatine and all that stuff but if you change that Ahsoka lives it diverges into an alternate timeline Matt what do you think about this well I don't I didn't watch any of the cartoons 
So I don't know what's going on with any of that. So here's something really cool for you. Um, and this is straight up Disney Plus. They keep adding rows. So if you go into Star Wars and check all that are like, you know, it's kind of like Netflix, you know, you have your rows going across. If you go about seven rows down it, within the Star Wars thing, there's an Ahsoka heavy cartoon thing. But it's only like eight episodes, 10. I don't know how, how big it is, but it is Ahsoka Tanlo heavy episodes. So you can just watch those right in a row and get a really, really good kind of back background catch up on her on a Without side having, note i, I want to watch ask, eight seasons you know what i mean have you watched on on the disney channel uh disney plus the legends like seven minutes long that there's been two of them right yeah yeah those are cool yeah, you guys? nice little refreshers for wandavision which oh man that is a great show i missed the last episode or i'm, I'm an episode behind but yeah i've i've enjoyed it more i was like interested in was intriguing like what's going on here to oh i this is crazy like this uh episode four answers a lot of questions man excellent i look forward to it i have not watched four yet oh my god what so what's what's your i'm does four pretty much tell you what's going on in the world or are we still speculating because i'm you know is the first episode that is done well because you've seen three at the end of three where uh colored expelled from the the vision household the wanda vision yes and then the helicopters yeah so episode four is the first episode of this series that takes place like exclusively outside of the uh wanda vision sitcom oh cool cool gotcha yeah okay in reality uh, what's that does it take place in regular reality like everyone else's reality yeah in the mcu continuity okay okay good 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 you have uh i mean you have recurring characters that are not necessarily superpowered characters but i mean i, I, don't, ask, I, don't, I can ask you go ahead i have a i have a question so yeah. Mo- monica rambo right yeah the the, the uh african-american actress we see that is is like the well, she's like their host at the game when they do the uh, fundraiser, right? right? She's like the host, and the she, they put her in the box. That is the young daughter of the girl in Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, that's her grown up, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm so confused. I I, I'm confused on the timeline. I don't remember the names, but so. But I do remember, so the daughter in Captain Marvel, that is her on this show. Her, her mom is Maria Rambo, who flew missions in the military with... Uh, with Okay, so this is Monica, her daughter. I So my favorite comic book is Secret Wars, and Captain Marvel at the time, when Secret Wars came out, was this Captain Marvel, which was Monica Rambo. Um, and I, I guess she gets another name later, like Pulsar or something like that in the comic books. I don't know if they're going to use it in the MCU. But. Oh, so the lady that got kicked out she's the little girl grown up yeah oh that's cool i didn't i didn't know that did we find that out in this right. last episode but that is that come that the opening scene is like her backstory in episode four gotcha which man i, I don't want to spoil it because it was just so visceral it was really good uh it has basically it ties it into events from the greater marvel cinematic universe mm. right i i read the spoiler but if we're not going to spoil yeah don't i'm looking forward to watching it. yeah i okay. won't anymore but yeah uh, uh episode four really great i'm looking forward to the rest of this like i grew up watching all these sitcoms and stuff so while i've talked to a few people they're like i fucking hate this show what is this like a bewitched i love lucy kind of thing <laughs> you don't get what's fucking going on yeah like i i love it i think it's crazy i think it's fun it's different and and what's also you know it's 
the only MCU like that we've had since uh, Endgame. It is the only thing I know. It's just like I need this. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen has usurped uh, Scarlett Johansson's uh, spotlight, and I don't mean that in a bad way. She's amazing in this series. Yeah. So, but you don't think this show? I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. They could have this show. Let me ask this. I guess uh, in the original timeline of what how they were going to be released, would we have seen pre-COVID with like, you know, put it in a vacuum, there's no COVID. Would we have seen Black Widow before we have seen this show? Yeah, because okay. this show originally is supposed to come out after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, so which this is, is the future. Jesus, which isn't even out yet. Yeah, well, if everything goes according to plan, uh, this show will release weekly until about mid-March. There'll be a week break, and then the I think the last Friday of March will be episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, so it's just going to lead right into the next series. Yeah. Ooh, that's smart. With, and essentially, it sounds like all of this is going to lead into... The next phase. Uh, well, I want to say Spider-Man 3, but not really Spider-Man 3, because that feels like... Spider-Man 3 is just a part of what's going to lead into essentially Doctor Strange Part 2. Right. I mean, right? Is that kind of what's going on here? The, the multitude, you know, just, we're going to see all the levels. Of, I mean, Deadpool is going to come, I think, in that movie by that time. Yeah. Right. Well, what I've read is that WandaVision is the first part of a story arc that leads directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because Wanda is in that movie. Ooh. And the third part of that story arc is Spider-Man and three, whatever the title ends up being on that. Back home, I thought I read or something like that. Whatever, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. We just need it. Well, I guess that goes back to what we talked about earlier about, you know, strengthening lengthening out our recording sessions is the lack of things to talk about. And we're finally feel like we're building to a place where they're filming things right now, even though COVID is still a thing. But I think Batman, the Batman just finished wrapping. Um, we definitely know that Black Widow was wrapped. Season, you know, Kenobi is filming season three of the Mando is going to start shooting in March, I believe, maybe April. Wait, um, is Widow, isn't Widow done? Like, ready Widow's to be done. That's what I'm saying. Widow's done. Yeah, beyond um, wrapped. The, it's, the, in, the book, it's done. Yeah, it's completely done. The book of Boba Fett is filming right now, so there's a ton of cool shit coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I wish I could see it in theaters. Well, I mean, not those, but like, man, I I don't know. I think they're going to sit on Black Widow because they want that money. I know, but at this point, it's like, it's going to be years. It could be years. I'd go to, I don't know, man. I just don't see, like, people packing a theater out like they would to see a, a Marvel movie like I that. Th- I think it'll be reimagined and smaller. Yeah. I mean, they they were going to try. I mean, their experiment failed because it's like, hey, you want to see uh, the live action Mulan, you pay an extra 30 bucks. And that movie uh, apparently wasn't that good or it had some you know, controversy surrounding the, uh, the lead star in that movie. <sighs> She's like very pro police or something like that. Well, I just think it was the expectation that people were that desperate for content at that point. Mm. Well, it was like, this is going to be over in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I feel like there's been plenty of content, and they're still they're still filming. You know, and really, what this is has done is it's created material that's been out there that has never been released. You know, you're seeing a lot of stuff get released. Just been kind of cool. Yeah. I think the other thing it's done too is given people time uh that are the innovators, you know what I mean? To sit back and be able to really uh mess with the technology and really do you know be able to play with the advancements without the 
the demand of content. You know, this movie has to come out by June 21st or, you know what I mean? Just like, oh, we're bumping everything back. I can breathe a little bit and make, that's why I think then the Mandalorian was so good because it became, you, they became, had to come up with new ideas that were well thought out and, and had time to be like really, you know, um, implemented the correct way. And it just looks so good, Honestly, honestly, like, that uh th- that job that John Favreau has done and assembled that crew of directors and they all like had a shared vision or at least commitment to a vision I, I think it was obvious in its execution yeah. it was wonderful did you guys watch the episode season one of the making of it's called something else but of, of about that bubble that they used to how they film to get it look like they're really in Tunisia or really uh, you know what I mean yeah um I didn't see that it, you have to go you, you don't even watch the whole season just watch I'll, I'll even for those who aren't listening i'm sorry but i'm going to send it to these guys in a message but there's an episode of the first season where they get into the, what how they really filmed it uh, especially during covid it's this giant bubble that they were in and it would project anywhere in the world you wanted to be on a screen and you would be standing in it and you felt like you were there. Mm. Um, that like it was like Luke Skywalker's house, where his aunt and uncle are burned, and they could just put them. That they didn't show you this on there, but you're just there. And Carl Weathers was like, "I've been on you know some of the biggest budget movies of all time, and I've never experienced something where I actually felt like I was there in the moment yeah. as an actor." And he said, "It's it's something you as an actor you you wait for your whole life, and you don't think you're ever going to experience, and it happens." And that's why he was so good, I think, in the show. Because he was like, holy shit, I'm here in a Star Wars movie, but it's happening. It'd be like wearing an Oculus, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. which I just got today, by the way. Whoa! I haven't hooked it up yet, which is crazy to me. I've just had one of those days. But yeah, I got it in the mail today. You just didn't want to wake up? <laughs> I feel like I took, the, I took the wrong pill. <laughs> right. Hey, and if, if a cat fight breaks out, right? No, you two get, get. Oh, sorry, guys. So wait a minute. So Mitch, we never oh. addressed my question of what do we think happens to Grogu? Where does he where does he pop up? What is he good? Is he bad? Was he one of Luke's failed students? Was he the reason he opened a school? Like, talk to me here. Is he bad? I mean, if if the sequel trilogy happens as uh, planned, he's probably one of the students that's ultimately killed in uh, when Ben Solo like ruins Luke's school. Yeah, but I mean, couldn't he easily just get away like Yoda did? And presumably there's an episode. He's still a baby though. 10, 11, and 12. Yeah, so I'm saying he's he's yeah. how many years? How many years is that uh between fifty uh, plus fucking fifty, you know what I mean? No, but yeah, how many years between Mando and um uh episode seven like 50 okay he'd be, what he'd is, be around he'd be i bet he'd be under 100 years old what's the and difference in years what's the time that's what i'm asking how much time that's is what i'm passed? saying it's about 100 it's about 35 years yeah because wow. right okay solo was like 10 or whatever and right between well, just think, and- okay Okay. Just think of uh, Han Solo at the end of Jedi, and then Han Solo and he dies in Episode One, and it's it's actually whatever the actual they base it based on the amount of years gone by in Harrison Ford's real life. So it's like thirty five years or something like that goes by. 
minus five because or six because that was the difference between Mandalorian and Jedi. I'm just trying to get an accurate representation of how old yeah. Grogu is going to be um, and where he would be developmentally at that he'd point. Be, he'd still be a baby. I mean, well, okay, so he'd be so if ben Yoda die if Yoda dies at like nine hundred or a thousand. Yeah, because um, he says nine hundred years old, you be you become or whatever. So eighteen. Um, so Grogu's one hundred years old, maybe. Hmm. So he's one ninth of his way through his life. Yeah, all right, all right. You do the math on you're the math guy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it would be like a nine year old. So uh, let's see. The Return of the Jedi is set four years after the Battle of Yavin, so after uh, New Hope. Force Awakens right. 34 years after the Battle of Yavin, which right. means Florian takes place around nine years after the Battle of Yavin. It's supposed to be five. Um, season like the Yavin, season one, the beginning of season one. This is Time Magazine, actually, so... I mean, oh, shit. About time than Time Magazine. Yeah. That's very I mean, true. That's, that's what they're known for, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time. I uh, just wonder. I wonder. You know, it could could theoretically uh, Grogu embrace the dark side. Just saying. Like, it's, well, yeah, totally he could. Yeah, it feels like could. he kind of. Well, I think from kind of what I read, his behavior is yeah. that he already has uh, embraced it. That's why he treats the stormtroopers the way he does in that scene. Get back. Right. Sorry, and, my, my cats he, are getting ready to fight. He eats like he, eggs from that yeah. lady knowing that she's he right knows. there and she's the mother. Yeah. He knows. And Mando doesn't even have that many, like, his morals are few, you know, he's got some, but they're not, he's not, like, above killing an MFR, you know what I mean? I think that uh, would be amazing if Favreau can pull something like that off. Good for that well, guy. What if the the regrown, oh, God. Anyway, go ahead. I want to hear what Mitch says, according no, to what. I'm to Wikipedia.com. Uh, Grogu was born 41 years before the Battle of Yavin and was raised in the Jedi Temple of Coruscant. So, if he's 41, and then Mando says he's 50, then Mando has to take place nine years after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. No, no, no. Back up. You said... Nine years after the Battle of Yavin, but if if Jedi is four years after the Battle of Yavin, then yes, I guess it would be five years after the end. Yeah. No, kitty, go. Well... <laughs> It's still like an infant, well, maybe a toddler since he's uh, he's yeah, he's almost a toddler, he's not even quite a toddler, he's like right, he's a three year old, yeah, he's like three or four. Well, then, Matt, can you use your math powers to kind of figure out if Yoda's 900? Yeah, what is uh, what's basically dog years, so to speak? How many Grogu years, you know, is each so so if Grogu, if Grogu is 50 years, is that what we're saying? About 50? And he's a toddler and 900. Uh, so he's an 18th. He's an 18th of Yoda's age when he dies. Uh, so that means, let's see. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, if that's three. Yeah, I don't. What are we trying actually, to figure out? Sorry, I was just doing numbers. I like actually how, have Grogu here. I was like, so go, go ahead. When does Yoda go? When does Grogu go from being a cute little toddler to being like a teen Groot kind of thing? Whoa, that sounded crazy. Fucking job there. <laughs> All right, so wait, I, I want to go back to something. I want to go back to Boba Fett. Back to Boba Fett. So he takes over Jabba's palace. Was that just like, oh, uh, here's something cool? Or is that going to tie into Boba Fett becoming a crime syndicate? Lord crime syndicate, Lord, big pimp, like 
Okay. Okay. And is he gonna is he gonna encounter Darth Maul? Um, I do not think so because okay, let me think. No, Darth Maul would be dead. Darth Maul dies at the hand of Obi Wan Kenobi before we get to the beginning of uh, the Mandalorian. Okay. But hope because doesn't. Tatooine to like find he basically is like no you're here protecting someone yeah we're gonna definitely gonna see more Darth Maul I think on this show though because he somehow I don't understand well it becomes the dark saber Darth Maul becomes ownership of the dark saber for a very long time and Darth Maul was the ruler of Mandalore for a for an extended period of time Um, yeah say that again so basically if you have the dark saber you're the ruler of Mandalore if you if you win it in combat yeah but he doesn't win it there's a weird point where someone gets it without winning it and they still are considered the ruler but yeah he has it and gets the rule I mean we see it in um what okay yeah I don't remember it's definitely Darth Maul's for a long time so we're gonna see some flashback Darth Maul stuff but anyway I don't know it's as far as like where we're fitting it in here the what in Matt's question but we we would not see it that late I wonder if uh I wonder if Grogu becomes bad and I wonder if uh there's some crime syndicate stuff which well, shows up again. I mean, I don't think anyone knows because Grogu's obviously, you know, it's not like he's like some real character. They just created him new, and now Filoni and Favreau are just sitting there like, all right, what? How how do we fit him into these cracks? Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, how do we fit him in here? How can we make it and make make this canon now? It's gonna be interesting. I, you know, if they turn him into one of these test two babies that turns out to be uh what was the guy in the force awakens um the tall um clones of uh snoke Uh, like if he's some steroided out weirded out snoke that would be really upsetting you know what i mean right the the scars on the scars on snoke's head or his ears falling off and shit like that like that theory that we were talking about earlier is basically saying that you can't really create a force sensitive clone without taking something with a, you know, you can't, you have to have a starting sample that has a high middle midi-chlorian count. So they need Grogu's blood. Now, how much of it? I don't know, but it already looked, because remember in earlier in season two, when uh, Mando and Carl Weathers and Cara Dune, uh, Grief Karga and Cara Dune go to that facility and there's like some proto clones in that vat. Kind of do. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Where they infiltrate that facility and uh, there's like some sort of clones in those vat. You can't really see them because they're kind of out of focus in the background, but that's when they have to get in that big, like, truck and mando jet packs back to where they right live. and then he ultimately makes the save against the tie fighters who were trying to blow up the truck where grief Karga and cara dune were in hmm. but basically that theory was like they need a lot of blood and grogu might still be in possession of palpatine by the time you get to rise of skywalker being farmed for his blood because there's still like why is in rise of skywalker why is palpatine still growing snoke's 
when Kylo Ren walks by all those tanks and shit. Well, I was like, kind of thinking it was just like, uh, and I hate to say it, but like he just hasn't had time to clean them out or the power. So the whole, the whole, well, like, you know what I'm saying? The whole facility was going under. It right. was just like, it was just going to be this thing you walked into later and there's just going to be all these just disgusting carcasses and back to tanks and you know what right. I mean? Just, it'll just be ugh, ugh, like an old Hydra facility or something. And some of the cleaning crew. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they were. It seemed like they was on his last breath until Ray came across. That was his plan, right? He was gonna have Ray kill him so he his soul could inhabit her body. Yeah. Yes. If, if she Weird. if if he struck her down, she'd become dark enough to become bad, and then he could be, become her. I thought it was the other way around. If she killed him, then he his essence would inhabit her because of some sort of curse, whatever. Yeah, she would be. But she she wouldn't turn into him. He would just be Ray, the new emperor empress of the right. dark side. Like she right. wouldn't call herself Palpatine, or she wouldn't look like him, or anything. Right, right, right. I yeah. Her his his soul or whatever would inhabit her body, and she'd be her own. But I mean, as we all know, they wrote that shit on the fly. It's so fucking. <laughs> They're like, what are we gonna do here? It's like they should call us in. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right? Can you, well, can you imagine just sitting there in a room like that with like billions of dollars and ideas and and the future of like franchises and families and lives? As far as you know, Star Wars provides jobs and profit, and no one really seeming to like care about the nuances or the intricacies of these little plot points and things you know what i mean yeah you just think they'd have one geek that is just like you're the oh you're the overseer you're just like nope they wouldn't do it that way they wouldn't that was, <laughs> that was brought up in this and this is you know is canon a canon checker and they have yeah, to they have one of those he wears a cowboy hat and his name's dave filoni yeah but like how does the dude in the checking his cell phone and jean shorts get on the mandalorian then you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be an ultimate, like, guy who, like, watches the episode when it's completely finished. And he's the guy that would, like, go straight to Yelp or Reddit or whatever and leave you a shit review. But you pay him to, like, find those things before they go. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's a guy in the jeans back there. And he said, you know what I mean? And it's just like, boom. I, uh, to be honest, I didn't even notice that when I was watching it. I didn't either. And by the time that I noticed it went back, they had already edited it out. They had already special edition the fuck out of that well that's the cool thing about releasing things on an app like that you can do that you know if it was mandalorian the movie in the theaters and it happened like that and you went to the theater to see it you just see that because you know everybody'd be talking about it on the internet and your eye would just focus on it right hey quick question for you guys do you think that the cgi mark hamill luke skywalker face looked weird it, it was the it was i'll say this it was worse than princess leia but no. better but but better than Grand Moff Tarkin. I don't know, man. I think Tarkin and Leia both look like Muppets in Rogue, Rogue One. Yeah, Luke just looked weird to me. It looked so kind of like I don't know. It looked a little off. Wasn't my favorite. But I I didn't. I was so excited that I didn't care. Like the the excitement and the thrill of it overrid my like natural skepticism or what do you call it when you're just like eh, not being a troll, but just like just pessimism. You know what I mean? I don't know. Okay. I thought Leia looked better. I don't know. I don't know. It's to me though. It's like Luke. I don't care. It was Luke. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we've hit that time. Unless Mitch, you got to get something out. I just wanted to kind of hit back on that. It's like, would it have killed them just to have Mark Hamill? They put him in a wig. 
They put him in like, uh, you know, maybe one of those high and tight Obi-Wan prequel beards so they don't have to CGI his face so much. Because Luke's natural progression is he's going to have that big fucking homeless scraggly beard on Octo anyway. Why not give him like a Jedi beard and like some longer hair to kind of cover up his old ass face? Well, like, I guess that's, that's the thing that bugged me the most is you look at the side by side of kind of the last shot of Luke uh, in the black outfit at Re- in the Return of the Jedi compared to this one he looks like he de-aged so he looks like almost 10 years younger to me than he would have looked at at the end of the jedi he's supposed to be give or take five years older yeah i don't know i mean i'm still grateful for uh the mandalorian it's a great show i'm having a lot of fun with wandavision and yeah i uh, it's a good time to be a geek it is again we should say again we're coming it's, out of a dark time it's always it's always good to be we've been in the underground what is it called on stranger things the underneath the upside down upside, the upside down. down the covid down dude just like oh my god oh well, yeah well we got good shit i'm gonna watch wandavision uh after we're done here we'll get back together this yes 200 man it's been pretty fun like, this will be the first the first of 2021 but not the last i can't wait for we to get you know us to get together and do it again like live in have, in a, in a proper sitting absolutely we're gonna do it all right well that was great. Mitch, you have anything you want to end with? Hey, uh, right into us. Fucking, if you listen to this episode, uh, tell us what you think about the Star Wars alternate th- uh, reality theory. Tell us if you're watching WandaVision. Like us on fucking social media. At Broadcast Geeks on Twitter. At Broadcast underscore Geeks on uh, Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Um, send us a fucking email at BroadcastGeeks at gmail.com. Like us and subscribe on iTunes. That'd be some really helpful shit. Maybe it would be great if we you know if they, if you do more of that maybe it'll incense us to do more uh, episodes but uh, other than that, it was great talking to you fellas as always and uh, I think that's it so and with that we say Excelsior, Excelsior.